The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So I uh, just came back from Wrestle Kingdom last week, and it was, of course, the retirement of one of the greatest performers of all time, Japanese or otherwise. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. And um, just kind of thinking about Liger, uh, of course, reminded me about Super Liger, which Liger and I have never discussed. Every time I see him, he doesn't really speak too much. I know he's a fan of mine. He's, he's said some really nice things about me in the press before, and I was actually supposed to have him on Talk as Jericho, I believe, last year, and he kind of bailed out at the last moment. So I never really got a chance to speak with him. And, and his English is, is good enough to be on this show. As you know, I've had Shinsuke Nakamura, and I've had Jado Angedo and uh, Yoshiro Asai. I could have had a great conversation with him, but he didn't, um, like I said, didn't want to, to do it, I guess. But... Um, I just was reminded about Super Liger, and I wanted to kind of go through and tell the story of the uh, life and times of Super Liger, born uh, January 4th, 1997, died January 4th, 1997, (laughs) about 12 minutes after his birth. But just before we get into that, I want to talk about Liger himself and just the influence that he had on so many performers of my generation uh, and I'm sure of, of, of many generations, definitely was the first of his kind to do the Shooting Star Press and the the, the Palm Strike and the, the, the Fisherman Buster and the Brain Buster and all these moves that uh, had never been invented before Liger did them. And, of course, the mask and the character and, and all that sort of stuff. A Liger, a Jushin Liger, um, of course, half lion, half tiger. This was long before Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, was a cartoon character, I believe, it was an anime character, and Liger was able to get the rights to use it. And, and um, of course, then he, you know, the legendary status was created. So, one of the things for me when I signed uh, with WCW was to go to New Japan. But I had worked with Liger uh, in WAR. We actually had a match together. Uh, it was Gato and myself versus Liger and um, what the heck was his name? Takaiwa. He actually was in one of the Liger retirement matches. And uh, we had, a, um, like I said, a, a tag team match. And, and it was a big deal at the time to, to work with Liger. As it was always a big deal to work with Liger. But especially for, for me, being in WAR and kind of always having my eye on New Japan, always kind of wanting to be a part of it. 
uh, you know, he did, we did this, is this super Jacob, the second stage together. We didn't wrestle each other, but he was in that. And so there was a little bit of a, of a, I guess, working agreement with war and with, uh, with new Japan. So we did get a chance to work with some of their guys from time to time. And working with Liger was a big deal for me because obviously he was a legend. And I remember the tag team match that we had was really, really good. I think uh, Gato and I beat Takaiwa. And, um, but to get a taste of being in there with Liger was, was, was very, very cool. And obviously he liked what he saw because Super Liger was uh, Liger's idea to be kind of the ultimate rival for uh for him so how it all started was like i said when i signed with with wcw one of the things i really wanted to do as a result was go to new japan um, because i'd never worked there before i'd worked for fmw i worked for countless tours for war and like i said had you know cups of coffee with some of the guys there um fuyuki gun used to work with uh uh there was one of their Heisei Shingen was the name of of the group from uh, New Japan. There was a Goto was in there, and uh, I can't remember who the leader was. Uh, Koshinaka, I think his name was. So we did get to work with some New Japan guys, like I said. But I really wanted to work under the banner of New Japan. So I started in WCW, uh, and of course, when I, uh, Bischoff said he would be more than agreeable to that, and I started with WCW uh, September August of '96. And I guess in about December or so, early December, late November, I got a call from Brad Ringens. And Brad uh, was at the time kind of the American liaison for New Japan. Uh, I think Brad is right now maybe one of the managers of Brock Lesnar, as a matter of fact, or Brock's confidant, uh, his handler sort of thing. And Brad called me and said... um, we need some measurements from you. New Japan wants to uh, make a costume for you. And I didn't really know much more than that. They didn't really tell me anything. They said, they have some kind of an idea. They want to make a costume for you. Can we get your measurements? Now, anytime someone asks me for my measurements, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy. I mean, I don't know what my freaking uh, measurements are. So um, I was living in Calgary at the time in, a, in my apartment that really had no furniture in it. But I remember I went to a drugstore and bought a uh, tape measure like a like a like a clothing tape measure and I took my measurements which was you know waist and arms and all that sort of stuff and sent them off to Brad and I said do you know what it is that they want me to do and he said no I, I don't but I'll, I'll keep you posted so I guess a week or so later, I get a call back that they want you to come in for the Tokyo Dome and you're going to be the rival of Jushin, Jushin Liger. And what a great place to start with New Japan is kind of the, the, the rival to the top guy you know, in the, in the company. And this is, once again, 23 years ago. So we were, you know, at the Liger is kind of at his peak uh, of his powers and physically and all that sort of stuff. So he was really involved, I guess, and he was booking the junior heavyweight division. And I guess he really saw a lot of promise in me, probably from that match that we had, that tag team match that we had that uh, that he was involved in, the, the, the war match. So um, I remember Brad said, they're going to call you, you know, you're going to be Liger's rival and you're going to wear a costume like, like, like Liger. And I think the original idea was they were going to call me White Liger. 
and I liked that. And then, you know, over the course of time, I found out that they wanted to call me Super Liger, which, you know, it's very Japanese. I would have rather had White Liger, but maybe they had some kind of uh, white power connotations to it or something like that. Um, but the thing that was, and the thing is, the, the costume was all completely white and silver. And Liger, of course, is known for being white and red. Um, and of course, Liger has black hair, long black hair, and I had long blonde hair. So those were the differences uh, right off the bat, right there. So from what I recall, I don't think they sent me the costume. They just sent me a mask, I think. All I had was the mask at first. And it was hard because the, the, the eyes were covered completely with red mesh. If you look at, at pictures of Super Liger, you can see that. And the mouth hole was basically just that, just a little slit. So I put that thing on and I was like, man, I can't, I can't breathe in this thing. Like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to get by with, with this and, and be able to, to, to wear it in the ring? So I took some scissors and I cut out the bottom part of the mask so that I could breathe better. Uh, as far as seeing, it was really hard to, to see, you know, through this mesh. And I, that was the one and only time I ever wore a mask uh, for a match. You know, I wrestled in Mexico for years, as you guys know, and I never wore a mask there. I remember right before my first match I ever had uh, in, in Monterey, Mexico, they were going to have me in a mask and, and right beforehand as uh, as Lionheart. Or that might have been Leon Dorado, the Golden Lion, I think was the original name. And uh, they, right before the match, decided that, that they didn't want me to wear a mask because my face was too beautiful, as they said. Their words, not mine. So that was it. I, didn't, I, never, I never wore a mask. And when um, it came time to do this Super Liger, it was very strange to to be wearing this this mask. So uh, I, I wore it around the the house, my, my apartment, kind of practiced with it, and you know, see if I could see as best as I could. But I didn't have the costume uh, either at the time, as far as I recall. But that was you know a, a big deal for for me to, to be going to Japan, and I remember course you had wcw's blessing for that because what they would do at the time is they had like i said a working agreement with new japan so they would just bring in guys and whatever deal that they had for them uh with with wcw you wouldn't get paid any extra you would just get like a hundred bucks a day for food so that would be your per, per diem you know and WCW would make whatever they're going to make. And I heard they would be making ridiculous amounts, like $15,000 a week or that sort of a thing, where I wasn't making anything close to $15,000 a week. I remember we found the contract, or somebody had the contract somewhere, and you saw, like, what, 15000 a week for Chris Jericho and, you know, 25000 a week for Eddie Guerrero and, you know, fifty grand a week for Scott Norton or whatever it was, like just ridiculous amounts of money that they would have to pay New Japan, and the guys would get none of that. At the time, I think I was making 135 grand a year. So, you know, divide that by 52, and that's like what, not even $3,000 a week, I guess. It might have been 165. So it was probably just around $3,000 a week is what I was getting. And they were paying 15 grand for me. So you do the math. 
Um, but who cares, right? Just the fact to get to go to Japan was super exciting to me, uh, and especially to be at the Tokyo Dome with Liger, um, with this with this whole new character and concept. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now, the funny thing is, you think about it. So so I, I always talk about the Jericho curse in my books where I say, you know, the first time I ever went to a company, the first match that I had sucked. <laughs> Usually it was just, it was rough. Um, and it was one of those things where I had that uh, twofold with Super Liger because not only was it my first time in New Japan, it was also my first time in the Tokyo Dome and it was the first time wearing a mask and the first time wearing a bodysuit and the first time working with Koji Kanemoto, who we'll talk about a little bit uh, later on. So I had all these things kind of uh, stacked up against me, and it was very nerve-wracking. So I went over to the Tokyo Dome, and this was a, the main event of that Tokyo Dome show was um, Ricky Choshu versus uh, Hashimoto, Shinya Hashimoto for the heavyweight championship. And it did a huge number. Um, if you go online, it says that we did 62,500 people. Now, that could have been inflated because I know now drawing 40,000 and 30,000, 35,000 over the last few years has been some of the biggest gates in Tokyo Dome history. So where they really had 62,000 on, I'm not sure. But um, and these people were quiet. I mean, I just worked the Tokyo Dome last week and the crowd was super loud. And of course, I mean, obviously it's different time. You know, Chris Jericho, the pain makers at a different stage and working with Tanahashi and working with Kenny Omega and Naito. Those are legitimate stars, whereas Koji Kanemoto was more of a junior heavyweight. But still, he was still a star, but the people were not making any noise whatsoever. But um, so it was a pretty big show, though, uh, any way that you slice it. And I got in the night before... And it was funny because that's when they gave me the costume and I put the costume on and I remember thinking like, oh my God, how in the hell am I going to move in this? It was like wearing a very constrictive, like when you put on like a a wetsuit, like if you're going to go scuba diving, that's exactly what it was like, but but a full body one. So imagine it going all the way to your to your you know arms all down your arms your legs are completely ensconced your whole chest and I put that on with the mask and it's like I did not feel comfortable in the least like I was so worried about the costume and it was so uh, inhibiting and so restrictive everything was so felt so restrictive to even move my hands you know and then the mask wasn't a full mask because the top of my head was showing so that you could put the you know the hair out and i remember too that my the guys there at least i think liger wore like kind of amateur wrestling shoes so they don't have like the boots go you know halfway up your calf sort of thing mine did so i had to try and put these super tight pants 
over top of the boots as well. So that was something that I didn't uh, didn't expect either, anticipate. So once again, I remember being in the hotel room, just walking around in my full outfit, trying to stretch it out a bit and trying to get it, uh, you know, to, to 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 get it a little bit more loose and a little bit more worked in because it was really restrictive. And it's funny too because maybe times have changed, but the last, you know, all the matches that I had in in, in Japan over the last couple of years, you meet up at the dojo, the New Japan dojo, to kind of go th- through the match and work the match out and kind of chat it up and chat it out and, and kind of have an idea of what you're going to do before you even get there. And we did not do that with, with Kanemoto. And I had known Kanemoto from uh, Mexico. He was there when I was there. And he had a pretty bad reputation of being kind of a little bit of an asshole, kind of a, kind of sandbagging, uh, which means he wouldn't help work with you. Um, you know, you're supposed to work together, and he was not that agreeable, shall we say? So I knew that I knew that about him beforehand. But then the fact that we never talked and never went through anything before is just ridiculous when you think about it. All of these things that I had to deal with for the first time, and 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 a lot of it revolving around the fact that you know, like I said, first time with the mask, and first time with the clothes, and first time with the at the Tokyo Dome and first time with New Japan and all these other things. It was just very, very um, uh, strange for me to to not even be going through uh, anything, any of the match either. So I get to the Tokyo Dome and the cool thing was like there was really no other foreigners there that I can remember. And I'm actually looking at the card right now to see who else was on it. And there really wasn't uh, a lot of other foreigners. I'm looking, um, actually it's interesting, Liger, worked with dragon at that show liger versus ultimo dragon but yeah you had um you just looking through here quickly the the willie williams and antonio inoki so willie williams was an old school i guess judo guy and it was a mixed martial arts match and uh, so that's it no other foreigners on the entire show besides willie williams look how much that's changed and uh, Jericho versus Super, or Super Liger versus Kanemoto. So, um, but Black Cat was there. And Black Cat was a guy who trained with New Japan. He was uh, half Chinese, I believe, and half Mexican. Victor Marr was his name. And he was really good friends with, with Benoit and with Eddie Guerrero. And I knew Cat from Mexico when he came. Loved Cat. He was a great guy. He's since passed away now as well, as those other guys have too. And he was very um, helpful, you know, with the foreign guys. So he would kind of, you know, go over the matches with you and make sure everything was good. And so he kind of was there to help uh, put together the match. And, and it's just so funny because I'm thinking about the Tokyo Dome and I, you know, like I've spent, you know, I've had the last three years in, in the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom 12, 13, and 14. And I can tell you that whole place like the back of my hand, but going out there for Super Liger, I don't remember what dressing room I had. I don't remember changing with everybody. I don't know if they were keeping it a secret and I was on my own. I, I can't remember those things, but I remember Kat came to try and help us with the match. And Kanemoto, uh, as we were going over stuff, he didn't want to do anything. <laughs> uh, he didn't want to... I think there's certain moves that I wanted to give him that he said he couldn't do, but he could give them. He couldn't take them, but he could give them. 
And this is not a burial of Kanemoto. It was just a different time back then where it was still a little bit like, A, he was doing the job to Super Liger, and B, um, probably didn't know a lot about me or maybe didn't want to do the job or whatever it was. So he wasn't very helpful, shall we say, in putting the, the, the match together. And I eventually um, won the match with a, a, a tiger suplex, which is a double arm suplex, like a German suplex where you grab the, the, the arms behind the guy's back. But that's not the finish that I wanted to do. And I, I think the finish that I wanted to do, he didn't like it or he couldn't do it. Um, so that was what we agreed upon. And I had never used that as a finish before in my life. And maybe I thought I was going to try and do that because Super Liger would be different. And, um, and what is Super Liger? Like, what is this character? Who, who is he? You know, I remember I put the thing on him and I, I was like, well, if I put my two fingers together, like my, my index finger and my middle finger together, kind of like if you were going to do a gun motion, but it was a double barreled gun. And that was going to be my, my sign. Like those, the, put the two fingers together and stick them out and you know and that'll be uh that'll be like the the, the cool thing to do uh everyone will do it and of course i think i did it once or twice and nobody did it and but it was really great i had the cape and everything like this and um it, it, from a costume standpoint it looks amazing from an execution standpoint it was terrible and I'm going to we're going to watch the match together here. I haven't seen it ever. I haven't seen it in you know 23 years, I guess, or 22 years now. 97 January 4th, yeah, 23 years. I just remember I hated it. Uh, the match was terrible um, in my mind. I remember I went to jump to the top rope to do my kind of triangle springboard dropkick, and I totally fell. And people were kind of like, I remember they started laughing uh, in, the, in the dome because it was very silent, too. And they started laughing in there. That was like the biggest reaction I got was by, you know, if we were, if we were in the States, they would start chanting, you f***ed up, you f***ed up. But they're far too polite to do that. They just start laughing <laughs> at you. So, yeah, well, let's go through the match and then, and then we can kind of go through the aftermath and all the stuff that happened. But going into the match... I remember thinking, well, this should be okay. You know, we didn't really talk about a lot of stuff, but that was the way it was back then. You would just go out there and kind of wrestle each other, and, and then you would go through whatever spots and, and, and finishes that you had and, and go through that. So the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody go on YouTube and Google Super Liger. And let's go through the one... Um, Let's, 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 let's go right to it right now. I'm, let's go to YouTube. I'm going to type in Super Liger. And whichever one comes up first is the one that we'll all go on to watch the match together. So, yeah. Uh, don't do the one. This is the second one. It says, when Chris Jericho was Super Liger during one night in New Japan. Full match, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. So, the match was 11 minutes and 11 seconds. We were on second of the night. The only foreigner uh in in the in the biz so uh, on the show so let's click on that 
So there I am coming out. Uh, it's, that was the 25th anniversary. Look at the cape. It's, the costume looks really cool. The big uh, liger, you know, shoulder pads. And, um, you know, you see me jumping through there. And I take the cape off right away and go right up to Kanemoto. We start pushing each other. And, you know, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty funny. You know, just uh, Once again, we had no idea what we are going to do at the beginning. Now you would never do that. But at the time, it's like, you know, you're kind of a tough guy. And you just go out there and fight. I love the, the the ring announcer too. He always reminded me of John Denver. So there's Kanemoto and uh, kind of a mean looking guy. Like I said, yeah, not the not the best physique. Guys in Japan have so much better bodies now. You can tell that the nutrition and the the vitamins have changed. So there's the gong, and we're circling each other once again. If you look at my boots, you can see the, the, they're very much uh, stuck into those kick pads because I didn't have any space for them so um, the big lock up there it looks like he's trying to kind of take me over and I'm not going to let him do that uh, I do give him a little belly to back suplex there a little kick but um, you know and you can see the crowd the, 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 once again 62,000 people there um, but very silent so this is a big a move that I did a lot back in those days, which was a, uh, a standing suplex to show how strong I was. And you could see you could see the big scoreboard in the background, and uh, it's interesting too working in a dome because all the sound goes up; it doesn't come down into the ring. And when it's so dark like that, all you're basically seeing is it's like one big living, breathing entity that moves you know, all at once. It's hard to see individual people. And it was hard for me to see anything with, with that mask on, uh, with, with the eyes. You could see, like, it was just very, very hard to, to, to see stuff and to, to, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why I fell off the ropes because I couldn't see. Or maybe that's just the excuse that I'm using. But anyway, you slice it. It was uh, hard, to, hard to manage. And once again, I mean, the costume, it looks great. Um, it fits great. You know, it's just very constrictive, though. But look at the detail on it. Like, they put a lot of time, and they made it very quickly based on my stupid little uh, stupid little measurements there. So, But here we are. You can see us just kind of messing around, fumble farting around. Uh, this is what happens when you don't call anything. It's just kick, uh, headlock, takeover, kick, headlock, takeover. And the thing with Kanemoto is he, he never... He'll stop and start. Like he he he'll do some kicks, which is great. Sometimes he sells. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he bumps in the middle of no reason, no no uh, you know no reason for that. There's a good one, just a running kick to the head. Take that one. And you can see kind of the lion, lion's mane. I mean, once again, it looks cool AF. Um, decided to go for his knee there for no apparent reason. Uh, my psychology is not very good in this match, you know? I mean, and why would I ever work on a guy's leg? I hate that now because it doesn't make any sense. If you're working on a guy's leg, you'd want to like, you know, he'd have to sell that. He wouldn't be able to run anymore. So anyways, we're just basically just painting ourselves into a corner here with everything that we do. Um it's just, I'm terrible too. I'm sandbagging too. I'm just down on the mat. I'm not doing anything. It's like, ah, oh, not a fan of this match. And once again, I've never seen it 
since we did it, but just watching it's pissing me off. Not uh, not a lot of action coming out right there. And you can listen, you can see, hear the reaction from the crowd. No one's saying a word. Very quiet. And now he's working my leg. Okay, okay, stand up. Look at that. I go for an NZ. He doesn't sell it. He just picks it up again. Like, what, what an asshole. Like, just blatantly not selling that. Like, that was the, the, the reputation of, uh, of uh, Kanemoto. He just did not want to, uh, to work with me, apparently. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can just see there's just nothing happening. I mean, this match is, is it's, it's cringeworthy to me. Uh, just watching it here, just to see that, like, we legit aren't doing anything. And then I just stand right back up, and, and we're starting over again. Like, there's no heat. There's no cohesiveness. What He does it again. At least he sold the enziguri on that one. But every time I try and kick, he grabs my leg. Um, he's not playing along, as you can tell. You know? And, uh, oh, I, I, that's a cool one. I, I like that move. I should do that more often. And the thing is, too, in 1997, things things were different. Like, you know, I, I was a high flyer back at that point in time. So it's not like it is now with just the incredible athleticism and the incredible acrobat acrobatics that the guys do. Um, you know, back then, uh, a, a, a splash, you know, a, a spinning splash from the apron into the ring was a big high-flying uh, deal. But look at this. Once again, I, I got him in a hold, uh, and I just stop it and just pick him up and it's like I, it's like I don't know what I'm doing you know I mean no wonder this match was not critically acclaimed by anybody involved uh, including me like I said watching uh, that's five minutes gone gong fung gong fung five minutes gone so um, and once again right back to the headlock it's like what are you doing Super Liger like I should have been more mystical or something along those lines like I should have been doing I don't know I, I was I don't I didn't know what a Super Liger was uh oh here it comes I'm getting ready for, I'm, I'm supposed to spring to the top rope and I just fell straight down now once again was that because and that got a pop but then I drop kicked him in the face right after. So even though I fell, you can see that I kind of recovered with a, a nice drop kick at least. And a drop kick to the floor. That's pretty cool that no one pops on. Nobody did a damn thing. I mean, come on, guys. Give me something. You know, I got a big reaction when I, when I fell down, when I, when I screwed up. But I got nothing for the, for the nice drop kick from the top. There I'm giving the finger. No one's doing anything. At this point, the match is... And look, he's not selling. He's back up again. Like, you know, and what do we do? We just start from scratch again? Okay, well, I'm going to try and suplex him in the ring. And uh, what's he going to do? Oh, oh, he's going to suplex me now, maybe? Is that what's happening? Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's a nice bump. Okay, wow. He did a nice little, nice little fly flying. We see these, these are big time moves right here that uh, people haven't really seen a lot of. But those ropes are super loose too. I don't know if they're made of cables, but you can, they're just sagging. Like they're not giving us much support. Like Cano, he's just, his face just makes him look like an asshole, you know, which he was. But then here I come, right? Just back in the ring and 
What do we got coming up next? Oh, suplex on my feet. That's pretty nice. Tackle him. Well, it looks like I was supposed to land on my feet on that one. Double drop kick. And then nothing. They were back down again. What a strange spot to put in the middle of the match. A double drop kick where both guys move and we're doubling down. As Cannibal continues to pull up his pants. Jeez Louise, man. Get better pants. God, it's just... This, oh, this match is just cringeworthy for me. It's sloppy, too. I don't know if it's him or me or both of us or what, but it's just not cool. Trying to get some sort of reaction. Oh, no, he power bonds me there. Well, that got a nice little reaction there. People popped on that one. But look how he covers me with his with his his foot on my chest. Like, what a, what a jerk. Like, why would he do that after a nice move? He could have got a nice little false finish out of that, but... There, he's just kicking the shit out of me now. Guess he doesn't uh, like me for some reason. <laughs> Probably because he's losing the match to this super lager guy. He sure loves that spinning flip thing. That's for sure. Yeah, kind of a light cover. Like he's just—he's not taking it very seriously here. Like he doesn't look like he really is trying to beat me. It looks like two guys out there just floundering, just floundering around trying to figure out what the hell to do, which might have been. Look, look at that. What a brutal slam that was. Moonsault to the knees, and no one's reacting to any. Oh, he picks me up. What a jerk. <laughs> this, must be, this must be his finishing move. It looks like he's going to give me a suplex now. Okay, so he gives me the, the double arm. And I kick out. And then I just get up. What am I doing? I'm up before him. What the hell am I doing? Why am I suddenly up after just taking a suplex on my head? Oh, this match is terrible. I'm, I'm terrible in this. Jeez Louise. Did we go out there with nothing? Were we just making everything up on the spot? There's been so many suplexes and 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 holds, uh, headlocks and chin locks. And it's just now uh, I look like I'm trying to give him a suplex from the top. Oh, but he pushes me over to the floor. Okay. Now he's going to fly on me. And I drop kick him. Okay, so I drop kick him out of the air. I, I listen. I'm not putting anybody under the bus here, but he had to have called this match because this does this does not have any type of psychology that I would use, and it's my fault for going for it. But once again, here we go, right back up to the top rope again. I mean, there's nothing to this. All right, is this the suit? Is this the finish? The double chicken wing uh, suplex top rope. Okay, that's good. Now I'm pulling him up. Why? Uh, the, 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 now I'm giving him the same suplex that he just gave me. And there's the three count. Not, not a good match. 
You know, sometimes when you think back about matches, maybe I didn't like the fact that I just remember falling off the rope. But had I, even if I had hit that move, this was not a good match in any way, shape, or form. Uh, sloppy, ill-conceived. There's Black Cat behind me, if, if you see the, the guy right there. That's Black Cat right there. Um, yeah, um, like I said, very ill-conceived Ill match. Not... Uh, not not uh, not very good <laughs> at all, and um, so and you know it too. Like when you have a good match, you know it. When you have a bad match, you know it. And when you have a stinker, you know it as well. Um, and it's funny because if you go onto the to the Wikipedia, it talks about uh, the second match of the night featured the debut of a character called Super Liger, a silver and white version of Jushin Liger played by Chris Jericho. Super Liger wrestled Kanemoto in what Power Slam magazine called a super aerial battle. I wouldn't go that far. Liger won after 11 minutes, 11 seconds by using a bridging tiger suplex to pin Kanemoto. New Japan intended to use Super Liger... Uh, the Super Liger character as a storyline enemy of Liger, hoping to create a rivalry similar to the Tiger Mask versus Black Tiger rivalry. However, the character was so poorly received that it was never used again. Now, once again, it wasn't an auspicious debut. It wasn't a complete bomb, but it was weird because I was booked to be on the next tour, which I believe was at the end of January through February, as Super Liger. But like I said, when 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 you know you've had a stinker of a match... You can always tell, too, because people kind of avoid you, and they don't really want to say anything. And I remember Kat was like, uh, yeah, you tried your best, and uh, you know it'll be better next time. And I'm like, oh, that's my friend. Like, what are the real, what are the, what are the critics saying? You know, what are, what are the reporters saying? Because in Japan, the reporters have a lot of influence, and they'll write in the paper the next day, uh, you know, just like a, like a hockey score or something along those lines. Uh, or, you know, like a hockey game or a football game, they'll talk about, you know, what happened in the matches and all that sort of thing. So... Um, when I came to the back, I'm not sure if I saw Kanemoto. Uh, I don't think I saw Liger. Liger probably wanted to avoid me because I probably made him look really bad because he, he came up with this character and he probably uh, uh, had thought about it for a while and thought about it for me. And when we debut it and it sucks, he probably looks bad. He feels stupid. Uh, if there's anybody that didn't want to do it in the first place, they'll go, see, I told you this is a dumb idea. Or, or you chose the wrong guy because that guy was the, was the shits. Um, and then they, so I had that full costume. And when I took it off, uh, 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 an underling came over and said, we're going to keep the costume here for safekeeping, a.k.a. <laughs> you're never wearing this costume again. Uh, they probably took it and buried it and threw it in the ocean or something along those lines. But I did um, have kind of a a party mask, shall we say? It was like a, a a version of the Super Liger mask, but it could be worn out. And I remember there was kind of an after party that I wore that mask for, and there's a couple pictures of me wearing it. I remember I had a picture with Willie Willie Williams and Black Cat wearing that. Uh, mask and there's no party after the tokyo dome anymore which is a drag but uh and and when i went to that party like no one was talking to me and that's the sign that you had a real stinker <laughs> everyone kind of avoids you like the plague and um so they took the costume away and they left me with the mask and i had that mask but i actually gave it to brian hildebrand who was a referee named mark curtis 
great guy and he actually passed away from cancer probably in 1999 and i think one of the last times i saw him he was a big avid mask collector i remember eddie had given him his black tiger mask and i gave him that uh, super liger mask and now i have no idea where it is maybe brian's wife has it or something like that but i wish i still had it because it was a, a good uh kind of uh, memory of, of, of Super Liger. And, uh, and, and that was, you know, that, that's, that, that was, was, you know, I went to the party, then I, I get on the plane and I, I fly home. And I remember when I got home, I used to listen to the WCW hotline. And, you know, Gene Oakland started it, but then it was kind of like the precursors to, you know, Wrestling Observer Live now that you hear on a daily on the website. You know, it's kind of the, the, the day's events, the day's news and that sort of thing. And um, I remember I was listening to the report and Mark Madden, actually a very good friend of mine, he was saying that, you know, basically we just read that they were going to use this as kind of a, a tiger a tiger mask versus black tiger, but it, it really bombed and it was a terrible match and everybody hated it. And I'm like, wow, like the news of my match reached the States before I did. The news about how bad it was, you know, it, it came across even before I got home, that it was terrible. And thankfully, I was already booked for that next tour because had I not been booked, they might never have brought me back. Which, you know, because like I said, like I think it wasn't just because the match was bad. I think it's also because a lot of people had egg on their face for uh, for allowing it to take place. And then when it didn't go the way that it should have or could have, people look bad and people get embarrassed. And then that's kind of... A problem. So I just remember listening to that and then uh, hearing a couple people maybe within WCW had heard that it wasn't great. And, you know, then you, 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 you wait for the Wrestling Observer to come out to read the report of it. And it just wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the reaction that I was hoping for. And like I said, when something is bad, I mean, at that point in time, I had been in the business for seven years you know, if it's bad, you, you sweep it under the carpet and you move on to the next one. But I certainly didn't think that it was bad enough to to just completely cancel the whole character. I certainly didn't think it was bad enough for, you know, everybody to kind of make me the laughing stock, you know. And I certainly didn't think that I, it wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't get a chance to do more. So it's really funny when you think about that that not only was it bad but it was really bad the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I'm just looking here uh, at what culture. Every Chris Jericho reinvention ranked from worst to best. And of course, it's the gif of me just falling off the ropes. And let's read what it says here. Uh, Jericho infamously lost the AW, AW World Championship mat, uh, title last month. I didn't lose it. It was stolen. 
But by then, he was such an expert worker that he turned an embarrassment into a legitimately hilarious series of promos. He wasn't equipped with the self-assurance to deal with that humiliation that was his catastrophic debut as Super Liger in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The biggest embarrassment on the biggest stage, Jericho, promoted as Jushin Liger's nemesis, never did complete the story arc. At the 1997 Tokyo Dome show, Super Liger went over uh, Koji Kanemono in a match so comically bad, fans laughed at it. Jericho attempted his trademark springboard dropkick spot, but unable to see through the mask, he lost his footing. He had difficulty maneuvering himself around the ring, too, due to the constraints of his costume, and that's what it was. It would be charitable to describe it as a tire because he was only ever cosplaying as his rival. (laughs) The rest of the match, riddled with miscommunications, was at best disjointed. The character was immediately dropped because it was so untenable. Super Liger was meant to be the evil doppelganger of Jushin Liger, but the awesome opposite was true he was as hapless in the ring as jushin was awesome my goodness talk about a a scathing review there but there was plenty of them like it around that time frame but you know when you um are part of it it's not so funny and i wasn't happy about it at all as you can tell even now, 23 years later, to read that stuff, I, uh, you know, I hate that sort of stuff. You, you never want to be known as a laughing stock, but that's exactly what that was around that time frame. So, um, you know, I pulled up my socks like a big boy and, uh, you know, ate some crow, sloughed it off. And lo and behold, once again, like I said, I was still booked for the January tour in New Japan. And even though I was embarrassed, I still... Uh, I still went, made the tour. And I remember my first night in, they put me with uh, a guy called Izuka, who just recently retired. And Izuka, he now is the trainer uh, at the dojo. And I remember he was kind of universally critically acclaimed as a great worker, a great meat and potatoes worker. Like, you know, if you can't have a good match with Izuka, then you can't have a good match with anybody sort of thing. So um, we they put us in there. Same thing that I had with the Gambler and WCW. Same thing I had with X Pac uh, in the WWE. You know, it's it's like if you don't have a good match with this guy, then 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 you know there's going to be some trouble. But of course we had a good match. Of course he beat me. But I remember thinking afterwards because I knew what it was. I knew it was a test. I knew that my name was Mud. My name is Mud. My name is Mud. Little Primus for you there. Uh, I knew that uh, that. Um, uh, you know, I was I was under the microscope and up against the wall, and you know had to really show what I could do, at risk of you know never getting a chance to to see the light of day in New Japan ever again. So we had uh, had a really good match, and then the next night I believe it was TV, and I think the match was myself and Scotty Riggs versus Liger, and um, I think it was Samurai. And lo and behold, we had another great match. And uh, once again, I never spoke to Liger about Super Liger. So I don't know. I sure would like to. Um, but how do you breach that subject? You know, I'll probably never see him again now. But, you know, how, how do you breach that subject with him? You just had to know, hey, Liger, on that time when I was Super Liger and really sucked, like, what do you do? So I think that um, he, he felt a little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, retribution, you know, because... At least I had a good match. And then afterwards, I saw Ricky Choshu, who was the booker at the time, uh, backstage. And um, he called me over and he said, 
you super liger? And I said, yes, sir. He said, oh. He said, Chris Jericho, very good. Super liger, very bad. And I said, uh, yeah, I think super liger's dead. He said, I think so. And uh, that was the end of, <laughs> of any type of mention of super liger. Uh, he, was, he was done. But the good news was that I had a great tour. Um, and then they invited me back a total of six times I did New Japan tour in the 90s before, before I came back in 2018. And uh, the Super Junior Tournament was, was, was one that I did. And I also remember I worked uh, a match. with We did a tour together with Benoit and I did a tour together. And we did a match where we were against each other. And I'll never forget, he just attacked me at the bell. I was like, wow, this is not my friend. This is... This is Wild Pegasus. He wasn't screwing around. He beat the shit out of me. And I gave him a spin kick, and I kind of missed, but he, t- he took a bump anyways. And afterwards, he was so angry that he had to purge himself, basically, and he had to do 500 squats. So I felt bad because I was the one who threw the kick that missed, so I did the 500 squats with him. And um, you guys, do 10 squats now and see how you feel and then do 500 of them. So I remember I woke up the next morning. And my legs were just killing me. They were screaming in pain. They were like detaching themselves from my body in protest and running away on their own. And um, I couldn't even, I remember I, I couldn't walk down the stairs of the hotel, a lot of stairs. And it was like, it was just screaming in pain walking the stairs. And back in those days, you would find out the card when you got to the venue. Sometimes you might know, but I think at that point in time, you would just get to the venue, you'd go up to um, the wall, and you would look at the, the card that was put up on the wall. And of course, lo and behold, I had a single match with Jushin Liger. And I was like, I can't even walk. Like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I literally can't. Like, my, my legs are screaming at me from doing 500 squats. So um, I remember I just I took a bunch of... Uh, Yoko Yoko, which is kind of like a tiger bomb type stuff, like uh, like Icy Hot. And I just spread it all over my legs and then put my tights on over top of that and just had this Icy Hot. I, I stunk of Icy Hot, um, you know, and, and, and try and stretch out as best as I could. And we went and had a, had a really good match. I don't remember it being, like, amazing, but I, do, I definitely wasn't a super Liger match. I remember liking it, and Liger liked it. Um, and that was, you know... <laughs> imagine how good it could have been had I not been screaming in pain. But other than that, I never really worked with Liger too much more. I remember the one single match that we had with my legs screaming. I remember the tag team match we had right when I first came back. And I remember the the tag team match that I had uh, with war. Um, And of course we did, like I said, we did the super J cup second stage, which was uh, uh, booked by Ultimo dragon. And the final of that was Gato versus Liger, with Liger going over, which was you know a great match there. So there was there was a lot of interaction with Liger, but but never a lot of interaction in the ring. And what might have happened had Super Liger, you know, got over, shall we say? And and how far were they willing to take it? What is one of those things that maybe we would have worked on and off and made it all the way to the Tokyo Dome? Who knows? But like I said, it never uh, never transpired because it just it just wasn't great. So it's funny when you think of thirty year career, almost thirty years, 
and all the things that I've accomplished and all the things that I've done and you know, uh, uh, Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time or people say this or people say that. That's the one thing that just really sticks out to me is just being really terrible, especially on such a grand stage. And I've had a couple of other ones like that, but you know, there's certain moments in time where you go, this is the biggest match of my career. Wherever I was at that point in time, that was the biggest match of my career. And it just, it just died a death, you know? And, and like I said, there were so many variables as to stuff that I had never dealt with before. I legitimately remember too, uh, I didn't say this earlier when I, when I jumped to go to the top rope for the springboard, cause I was, I would, I would push myself up and go all the way to the top. I now just do it to the second rope because I'm not, you know, uh, I stopped doing that about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, jumping all the way to the top because I just wasn't nailing it. And when you don't nail it a couple of times, you start losing your confidence. When you lose your confidence on a move that has some sort of difficulty, just don't, don't try and do it anymore. Because uh, if you're only doing it, you know, two out of three times, that's not good enough. And, but at the time I was jumping straight to the top and I remembered there was like lights obviously and, and the, 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 the red eyes being covered, it kind of just made a big kind of soupy appearance. I couldn't see, you know, and like I said, I'm making excuses. I mean, I, I botched it either way, but that had a lot to do with it. And, you know, imagine working with that like it's not just the mask but it's the eyes that are covered with the mesh and it's like i don't know how you can how you can do that like if i'm trying to even look up liger himself i'm going to look it up right now because i don't know if he has that stuff over his eyes and if he does how did he get used to it it's just one of those things where you go like oh my goodness um you know what exactly is that so so i'm looking at the images right now yeah and he has he has that stuff over his eyes, which is really amazing. It's just, it's, I don't know how the hell you could do that, but I'm looking through though. No, he doesn't, he doesn't have it. He, he, you can see his eyes. So it's not as thick as what I had, although there's different stages of his career too. So I'm sure at some point he might've got sick of it and just said, I don't want to deal with this anymore. But bottom line is, um, you know, like I said, it, it, it was... <laughs> quite the experience and I'm glad that I was there for Liger's last two shows um, and like I said not much of a conversationalist with him um, but it was pretty cool uh, after the Tokyo Dome they have uh, a little meeting a team meeting they kind of tell you what the attendance was and congratulations and you know it's just in the locker room and it's for such a big show it's just all kind of the guys all stuffed together in the back of the room. And this was the exact opposite of the Tokyo Dome in 97, where I was the only foreigner with Willie Williams. This time, of course, there's Zack Sabre Jr. and Osprey and Jericho and uh, uh, Jay White is there and, uh, uh, you know, Rocky Romero and, and uh, Chase Owens and David Finley and Juice Robinson and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many uh, foreign guys there now. You know, and they they gave everybody a little a little envelope with a bonus in it, hundred dollar bonus, ten thousand yen. So it's like, oh wow, it's cool. Like, but it's more of a tradition, more of a you know, I guess a, a, a small token of appreciation. hundred bucks is hundred bucks. I'm not gonna you know, not gonna piss on that. But um, and then some people do some speeches, and uh, Naito did a speech because he's the new champion, and Tanahashi did a speech because he's the legend. And um, I just wanted to say something about Liger, and I just said, listen. Uh, 
I just want to tell you thank you from from a foreign standpoint, from a Gaijing standpoint, which you can't really say anymore, but uh, you are definitely the, the most famous performer worldwide uh, in New Japan history, in my opinion, for, for as far as you know, I'm sure Inoki has name level and all that sort of stuff, but, but, but everyone knows Jushin Liger. If you're a wrestling fan, everyone knows Jushin Liger. And he was never even in the WWE. I think he did the one appearance for NXT, but everyone knows him and his influence is, is amazing. And that's why I just wanted to let him know. Thank you so much for everything you've done. You're the most famous performer in, in Japanese history. I used to watch you when you were in Calgary when he was uh, K- K- Kichi Yamada. Um, they used to call him Frankie in England because he one time, I guess, got his eyebrows shaved or something along those lines, and uh, he had a big forehead. Or maybe when he was when he was the, when he was the uh, he was the young boy, and he uh, <laughs> he um, had his you know his eyebrows shaved and his hair shaved and all that other stuff, and he uh, like they said he looked like Frankenstein, so that's why uh, they called him Frankie. Hey, Frankie. Um, but yeah, but I, I just wanted to thank him for being, you know, such an influence on so many people. Not that he was a huge influence on me to where, um, you know, where, where I, I modeled my work after him, but more of an influence of a guy that, you, you know, like I said, I wanted to impress him because he was Jushin Liger and I wanted to work with him because he was Jushin Liger. And while we never had a classic like he did with Eddie or Benoit or Malenko or, or Gato or Ultimate Dragon or those type of guys, Pillman had a great match with him. Uh, I did have matches with him and I did at least redeem myself in his eyes. Um, the last thing I would want is for Liger to think of me as some kind of a you know, shit worker who ruined his uh, idea uh, that he came up specifically for me. Um, so I was happy that I was able to say a few words and I was happy I was able to see him. Very tan. He's, he's bald now. He shaves his head, but super tan. But um, he did, uh, he did a, a, a lot uh, for the business and he gave me a shot even though I blew it. I did come back and work, like I said, five more tours where they were able to, to get some, some good stuff out of me. And just as we wrap it up, uh, he did an interview. I found it for Sports Illustrated. Uh, and he said, um, you wrestled Tyler Breeze at NXT TakeOver in August of 2015. Why didn't you continue to work with WWE? Do you watch WWE? And whose work in WWE do you admire? He said, I was too old to stay with WWE. I wanted my spot to go to a younger wrestler. I watch a little of WWE. I wrestled Chris Jericho in Japan. He is very, very good. That is no joke. He's a very good wrestler, and I respect him. I watch Chris Jericho to learn from my own matches. He has great conditioning. He can wrestle every day. Jericho is great, and everyone is so professional in WWE. Any wrestler should wrestle there if they have the chance. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Thank you so much, uh, Liger-san, and I uh, feel the same way about you. Um, I just love the fact that he said I was a genius, and he didn't mention Super Liger. I wonder if he even knows it's the same guy. He has to remember. Maybe just completely put it out of his head and just chooses not to uh, acknowledge it. But uh, so that's it. That's the story. The the life and times of Super Liger, uh, born January fourth, nineteen ninety seven, died January fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Eleven minutes and eleven seconds of pure uh, wrestling botchery. So if you want to see a really stinky match, go watch that again. And you you went through it with me and. Uh, 
Once again, thanks to Jushin Liger. And man, I wish I had that uh, Super Liger party mask somewhere. If somebody finds it at a garage sale someday, uh, pick it up for me and I'll, and I'll pay you back. So cheers, guys. Onigashimas. Matane. Arigato gozaimashita. Super Liger.